the court of universal law said it wasn't permissible. She went to forte, I stayed pianissimo. Then I went to forte and she went to physical. Should I go, should I stay and withstand the additional attacks on the mental and the physical? Welcome back to another edition of the Take It or Leave It podcast. I'm your host, Danny, flying solo today. Uh, due to scheduling conflicts, uh, we're going to do something a little different this week. Uh, I'm going to record this solo podcast, and then uh, Derry's going to record a solo podcast as well. So you all are going to get two podcasts this week and uh, get a little different perspective from each of us flying solo on our own. So uh, I don't really have anything big planned for today. I was just going to talk about a few of my personal favorite teams since... Derry in here to say nothing bad about him, if you know what I mean. So, uh, my voice is a little bit better this week, so uh, forgive me if it still sounds a little bad. I've been fighting through it, so we'll see how it goes. So, uh, I guess where I wanted to start off today was, we're going to start off with uh, my Louisville Cardinals basketball team. They, uh, They lost to Indiana over the weekend. That was a tough game. That was a tough game. Uh, but did catch the win yesterday uh, against the Lipscomb team that is actually, you know, first in their conference, so they're actually pretty decent. But uh, I just wanted to talk about a few of the, the strengths and weaknesses of the team overall. You know, Jordan Awaras really came out. Uh, he's a scorer. He's a straight scorer, man, let me tell you. He's the guy that Louisville's been looking for the past few seasons. That when you need points, you give him the ball and he's going to get you those points no matter what. Louisville's been needing that. And sometimes, you know, he can back the team into a corner, uh, making some bad plays. But you got to take the good with the bad. And the aggressive style will definitely, it'll help out, you know, later in February and March when the, the big games come around. Um, Christian Cunningham as well. He had the big shot to win uh, yesterday. I like to see that out of him. Big shot CC. But, uh, no, man, the thing I love about this team is, you know, everybody was freaking out because there was no recruits coming in this year, you know. But this team's got heart. You know, it's a lot of graduate transfers, a lot of returning players from last year that fought through a lot in it's just this team's got heart and toughness and fight in them, you know, and that can get you that can get you some places, especially when it comes around March when those big games come. But they they're just working with what they got, and Chris Mack is doing a heck of a job designing the offense and the defense around the strengths and weaknesses of the team. Ryan McMahon leading the nation in free throw percentage, that's pretty big too. That that guy is a shooter, like J.J. Reddick style right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, uh, I figured I'd talk, talk a little uh, pop culture as well. We haven't talked a lot of that recent, recently. It's been a lot of sports stuff going on out in the world. So, the first story I kind of wanted to get into a little bit was, uh, you know, if you're into rock and metal, stuff such as that, there's uh, some good albums that have been coming out recently. You know, you might have been missing out on them. Uh, just had uh, Beartooth drop a new album. 
You know, they never disappoint. My boy Caleb Shomo. Get to talk a little music when Derry ain't here, you know. That's not that's not his flavor of things. It it's definitely mine though. Uh Asking Alexandria dropped a new album this year. It was pretty decent. It's pretty decent. It was alright. It's alright. It's not the old style Asking Alexandria I'm looking for, but you know. You take what you can get, you know, when they start evolving and getting a little older. Uh the biggest one though is a band called Bad Wolves. Now, they are my personal favorite band right now. Uh you know, they they just they're heavy but they're melodic at the same time, you know. So a lot of bands don't pull that off anymore uh to find a nice balance between the two, but you know, they can go high high energy or they can go low and with a ballad. They just they bring it every song and I I dig that so much and the front man Tommy Vex He's been through a lot. He's a pretty good inspiration for a lot of people. So, uh, just you know, gotta sneak a little music in there every now and then, keep it fresh. Can't can't talk about sports all the time. You know, you run out of stuff to talk about. Uh, next thing we can get into really is uh, the Phoenix Suns. The uh, Phoenix Suns owner has threatened to move the team if he doesn't get a new stadium built with taxpayer money. And there was this lady uh, during the press conference they had that just ripped him apart. I'm trying to find her. I got to look on my Twitter here and find out who she is real quick because she was just tearing him apart, and it was it was something to see. I got to look here real quick. Give me just a second. Here we go. Greta Rogers. She's like, she's got to be mid-90s lady. And, man, she said, he's so tight he squeaks when he walks. <laughs> She just tore him apart. It was the greatest thing. But no, I'm I'm not a huge fan of sports teams asking the city for taxpayer money to build stadiums because it's more looked at as a, a private institution. You know, more of a it's a private entertainment institution. So the city and the taxpayer shouldn't have to fund that because it's owned by one owner, sometimes one owner, most times an owner, a group of owners, but most of the times it's owned by just a certain amount of people that profit, make all the profit off of the team, so why should the taxpayers be paying the money for that? Uh, but, you know, he hasn't really put forward a lot of money to improve the team in the past either. You know, he hasn't been signing any big free agents. Now, some of that might be free agents not wanting to go to Phoenix, which the state of the team is understandable why you wouldn't. But he's got Devin Booker. Just They just drafted DeAndre Ayton, so they got a good core, but they haven't been in the market. You know, they haven't been in play for any big-name free agents. So they're kind of... He's just kind of coasting along, not spending any money. He's profiting, putting it back in the team for big-name additions. So you can't really expect a city to support you whenever you're not putting out a quality product every night. So you you got to be give them something to, you know, want to pay for. <laughs> the city doesn't want to pay to lose, you know, 58 games a year. <laughs> so, I mean, the threats are he would move the team to Vegas or... Seattle, which everybody's moving to Vegas. Everybody needs to quit moving to Vegas. Vegas and Los Angeles seems like everybody wants to move there. So I don't know what the big deal is about that, but 
Seattle, I could see Seattle. You know, Seattle lost their basketball team. A basketball team they actually cared a whole lot about. So they would probably really embrace another team coming in for them. And if they bring back those Sonics colors, you know, the cream and the, the green, that I could get behind that. Because <laughs> the suns, the blue, and the orange, it's all right. It's all right. But it's not that supersonic green they had. That That was a nice color. That was a real nice color. <laughs> So sticking with the the theme of basketball here, we're gonna move on to my uh, my hometown Indiana Pacers. Well, not really hometown, but home state Indiana Pacers. Uh, we just got uh, old. I say we when I refer to my teams because I'm emotionally invested in them, so I feel like that makes me part. But uh, we just got Old Depot back. You know, he missed some time with a knee injury, and the Pacers are on a five game winning streak right now. Uh, I think at this time they're only about three and a half games back in the East. So, making a push for a top three, four seed, I'd really like to see that. I think the Raptors are going to grab the, the one seed, hands down. But grabbing a, a top three, four seed would be preferable. Because I think the Pacers, in this iteration of the team, could really make some noise in the playoffs if they had the chance to, you know. So, the higher the seed, we can grab some home court advantage. That would definitely help out. But I think this team can really make some noise in the playoffs because Oladipo and Turner run that pick and well, that pick and roll so well, and it's just and Darren Collison, uh, he's been less aggressive this year, but he he can get the ball where it needs to be and he can shoot. He led the NBA in three point percentage last season. He hasn't been nearly as aggressive this year. I don't know why, but he definitely also can. You know, bring an offensive element to the team. Uh, the biggest addition, though, the two big additions, Tyreek Evans and uh, Doug McDermott, they've been limited this year, but they've made they made strides when they've played. Especially McDermott, when Oladipo was out, there was a few games that McDermott really took over as you know the leading scorer. And uh, there was a stat a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm not sure what the update on it would be, but when Tyreek scored uh, 15 or more points in a Pacers game, the Pacers were undefeated. So it's kind of weird to say that Tyreek is the the key to success, but it you know that stat kind of makes it seem like he really is the key to winning the game. So, but if they can get Tyreek into the game with Oladipo and they can run. You know, Oladipo can run off the pick and roll, and Tyreek Evans could either, you know, spot up from three, or he could take some of the ball handling duty off of Oladipo. Would be really helpful because there was times, not really as much in the regular season, but in the playoffs, definitely last year, when the other the opposing team would just, you know, double team Oladipo, and they would switch the pick and roll. And they would double-team Oladipo off the pick-and-roll, and the offense would really just stagnate. And that's what last year, when Oladipo was out with an injury, the Pacers didn't win a single game. This year, they actually won seven games without him. So we're improving in the plan without Oladipo always running the offense, but it's definitely a plus to have him in there to run the offense. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but the fact that this team this year can win without him gives me, you know, 
it gives hope that the team as a whole is actually improved and they're not just relying on uh, Victor to do all the heavy lifting on everything. So I feel like this team really could make some noise in the playoffs. I don't know if they could beat the Raptors in a seven-game series. Uh, they just beat the Bucks, so this might be a little, you know, recency bias, but <laughs> I think they could beat the Bucks in a seven-game series just because they have the length to kind of play. You can't shut Giannis down, but they have the length to play Giannis close and keep him, when he gets in the paint, stop him, you know, three out of five times that he drives because <laughs> you ain't going to stop him every time. That man is an alien. But, <laughs> you know, I think this that team could definitely make some noise, some real noise in the playoffs. And it's about time we had a Pacers team get back to the conference finals ever since George left and LeBron was in Miami. We haven't had that. So it'd be nice to get, you know, a Pacers team that's back to some real relevancy. Um, That's all I got in the NBA. NBA, you know, it's still early, so I'm not watching a whole lot of it. I'm more watching the Pacers games. That's about it. Uh, So we're going we're gonna to move into some, some MLB. The MLB just had the winter meetings, which is where most of most teams' GMs and all their reporters will come together in a certain city. And, you know, they're supposed to make trades and sign players, and it's supposed to be a big deal. But the last few seasons, you know, the winter meetings, nothing's really went down. That's huge. Like this year, it was supposed to be Harper and Machado were supposed to get signed during the winter meetings. But Harper went unsigned, and Manny Machado isn't even talking to teams until next week. So the winter meetings kind of went off with no big name, you know, acquisitions. Uh, the biggest ones were Charlie Morton. He signed uh, on with the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Rays are actually going to use the uh, setup they did last year where they they call it an opener. They start a reliever out of the bullpen for Either the first, they'll normally do the first inning, but sometimes they'll do the first and the second inning or one and a third inning. And then they'll bring in a starter and he'll pitch until about the seventh or eighth inning. So it's kind of weird how they're doing it, but like they want their best, the way they put it is they want their best relievers against the other team's best hitters, which it makes, it makes some sense, but I don't know, just. I think if you could get a starter through the rotation twice, you know, clean or with minimal error, then you'd rather have your fresh guys come in at the end of the game whenever you can get a reliever coming in throwing 97 when the other team's aren't even playing all game and, you know, swinging a bat for uh, three at-bats. But enough about the Rays. No one really cares about the Rays. <laughs> the biggest news was that the Cincinnati Reds acquired starting pitching like they actually said they were going to. They've been saying they're going to get us, you know, they're going to add to starting pitching for the past three years. And they added uh, Scott Feldman (laughs) and Jared Hughes, who ended up being a reliever. And, you know, they just kind of said, we tried. You know, we added a veteran presence. But they never really added anybody of name. But this offseason, or the biggest move actually probably, well, second biggest behind Andrew McCutcheon, but uh, the biggest trade definitely was the Reds acquired 
Tanner Rourke from the Nationals for AAA pitcher Tanner Rainey. Uh, Rainey had a small stint in the MLB this season in relief, and he got um, he got absolutely obliterated. But uh, the Nationals more traded Rourke for cap relief, but that's a strong pickup for the Reds. You know, Rourke's a solid three-four uh, starter in a solid rotation. In the Reds' rotation, he's probably more like a two or a three. But you know, it's I'm glad they actually added some veteran pitching that's proven. That's actually, you know, of some note to have added to the team. So if they can go out and if they could add, you know, one more starter, maybe, preferably two more starters, probably one more is what they're going to get. But to do that, they're either going to have to trade off some of, you know, the prospects that they have or they're going to have to trade a established player on the team. Uh, the non-tender on Billy Hamilton, letting him walk to the Royals, that's kind of... I'm not... You know, I was a fan of Hamilton. It, my biggest issue is not that Hamilton left. It's that they non-tendered him, so he walked, you know, just a free agency. We didn't get anything for him. Why not trade him, you know, during the season at the deadline and pick up at least some prospects or something for him? Um, the one thing I would like to see is the Reds flip either, you know, Tucker Barnhart, which I love Tucker Barnhart. It would suck to see him, you know, either flip Tucker Barnhart or someone like Jose Peraza for my preferred would be Sonny Gray. You know, Sonny Gray is a proven pitcher. He struggled this year in New York, but uh, they say you're not built for Yankee pitching. You know, that's an old saying. I don't believe that really, but he struggled, but I think Gray is still a, a decent pitcher. He would be a solid two or three option. And, you know, paying just Peraza or something like that would not be a very big price to pay at all. I think as far as the Reds go, uh, you know, Nick Senzel, as far as I'm concerned, is going to be in the MLB this season. Uh, probably fill it in for, or probably taking Hamilton's spot in center field. Or they're going to move Peraza to center field, maybe. Or they might bring up Taylor Trammell to play. But the Reds need to definitely add at least one more veteran pitcher. Uh, if not, two would be preferred. I would have liked to seen him get in the game for Patrick Corbin. But that was probably, you know, the price was too much for the Reds to pay. Small market team, they're not going to pay that much for someone. But I'd like to see the Reds actually be playing meaningful baseball coming down the pipe in August and September instead of just playing, you know, trying to spoil other teams' seasons. That's, no, that's no fun. I want to see some actual substance baseball being played in the later months and competing to actually make it to the playoffs. That would be a dream come true because after blowing the wild card series to the Giants back in 13, it's just... This team's just been downhill ever since. And finally, some of the pitching prospects are coming around. You know, Big Sal, Romano, they say he needs to go to the bullpen, but I think he can start. I think he's a starter. I think he's good enough for it. Uh, Luis Castillo, he's got to be our ace. If we're going to make it anywhere, he's got to be the number one. So that'd be four, you know, right now with Rourke, uh, Romano, Probably, 
I'm not going to say Gray's going to make it. I'd say they'd probably go with Stevenson, maybe. They might give Stevenson another shot, but he's probably kind of blown his chance in the majors. Um, it sucks to see, because he'd been the Reds project for years, and, you know, every time they call him up, he just got blasted, which then he'd go back down to AAA, and he'd absolutely dominate. So I don't know if it's some kind of mental block form or what, but... It just, it just blows my mind <laughs> that someone that could be so good in AAA can't even, you know, be useful in the MLB. They just get absolutely destroyed every time he comes out. But, you know, that's in the past. So, the key for the Reds this year, add two more veteran pitchers to start and one or two more veteran bullpen guys. And I think some meaningful baseball could be being played in the later months in August and September. Um, that's about all I got on the MLB. Not much to talk about. Like I said, you know, Harper hasn't been signed. Machado hasn't been signed. Uh, no big trades have happened. That three-team trade between the uh, Mets and Mariners and Yankees, or Mets and Yankees and Marlins didn't go down. So there's nothing really big to talk about in the MLB, so we're going to roll right into the, the NFL, and we're going to talk about my Indianapolis Colts, who I projected were going to sneak into the playoffs with the last wild card seed. Still possible. Uh, took down the Texans, the Texans that were the hottest team in football. That was a pro- that was a very good game. A lot of good stuff coming out of that game. Uh Got the the Cowboys this weekend, another hot team, but I think the Colts are gonna beat the Cowboys. Don't tell Derry that he'll get he'll get mad. <laughs> but I think the Colts will get the Cowboys because the Colts defense has been playing well, and the Colts offense is one of the top ten in the league. And I know the Cowboys defense has been playing well, but the Colts defensive coordinator is Matt Eberflus, who had been on the Cowboys staff for the past I think it was eight years with Jason Garrett, and uh, so he's going to know some inside secrets about that Cowboys defense, even though it's Chris Richard calling plays now, not Marinelli. There's not that much that's really changed besides Richard's situational play calling, so I think Eberflus is going to be able to give Reich and Serrani, the offensive coordinator, uh, some tips on you know what the defense likes to do in certain situations or how they line up. Or some audibles maybe they haven't even changed. So I think that's going to give the Colts a little bit of an upper hand on the Cowboys. And I think they'll win. And uh, just got to bring up Andrew Luck playing like an absolute beast right now. He's not going to win MVP because everybody's so enamored with the extraterrestrial that is Patrick Mahomes. Which I don't blame him. (laughs) And man is is something else definitely. He's definitely not an earthly being. There's no way that he is. But, you know, Luck should be considered in the MVP. I'm I'm just saying, when you have your conversations about who's the MVP, you know, Andrew should at least get a mention in there because the Colts went from, you know, looking like a JV football high school football team to competing for the playoffs 
because we got the franchise quarterback back. He's made you see the difference that a great quarterback makes on a team because he comes back. We start one and five, and then Andrew just goes on an absolute tear and win five games in a row to get us back over 500 for the first time since 2013. That's that's MVP level stuff right there. You got to be that. I mean, that's the definition of most valuable player is when you can turn a team that looked like a high school team into a top NFL team just by one, you know, there's other factors that have come in like the defense and, you know, the coaching staff, but the effect he's had on the team is immeasurable. Just the, he gives the receivers confidence. Andrew's always suffered from a high rate of receiver drops, but he'll always go right back to him. Like last game, Pascal dropped that, that pass that ended up being a pick. Two plays later, Luck goes back to him for a touchdown. You know, Andrew's confidence doesn't waver just because of a drop pass from a receiver. He has confidence in the team overall. And you can't overstate how much that means to a player whenever your quarterback believes in you like that. You know, so I think the Colts are going to sneak into the playoffs. Now, do I see him making noise in the playoffs? They're going to be one of those teams that you don't want to play because they're going to have, you know, they're going to be playing well. If they do make the playoffs, they're going to have pretty probably won out the rest of the year. So they're going to be playing well. They're going to be one of those teams you don't want to run into because they can come up and just grab you at any time and beat you. So that gives me hope <laughs> that there can be some meaningful football played in Indianapolis again. There's being meaningful basketball played. We talked about the Reds getting back to playing meaningful baseball. This is some meaningful football being played here. And it's big. It's been a while since there's been some meaningful football played in Indianapolis. So that's pretty much all I have on, you know, the sports side of things. Uh, Driving a podcast solo it's a lot harder than I thought it was, so if it's a little cringy at times, my bad. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week with a regular format. You know, it'll be back to normal. It won't be, we won't be rolling two solos, but, you know, this was something a little different we wanted to try, uh, just so you all could have some content this week, and I feel like it kind of gives you all a better, you know, view into us as individuals. Because you kind of see how we are together. This kind of gives you a better view of how we are separate from each other. So I think it's a fun little thing for you you all. Uh, It's been pretty fun for me just sitting here getting to ramble for about 30 minutes. You know, (laughs) it's been pretty fun. But, you know, we appreciate all the support. Uh, Had a few people tell us that they were actually enjoying it. Uh, it means a lot. It really does, you know, because we're just getting this thing off the ground. We just got on Apple Music. That was big. Uh, we just made a Facebook page, hopefully trying to reach out and grab some more some more followers. So uh, support us in any way possible. Just listening is the biggest way you can. Uh, f- follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, 
think we're going to start an Instagram, you know, get it up and going here soon. Possibly put some some videos on it. Uh, some special, special, like, vlog type of things that me and Derry will be out doing, hopefully. So, yeah, follow us on social media. Keep listening. Uh, we could always use the support. And, uh, you know, remember, Lamar Jackson's the best football player in the NFL.